On this week's episode number three of the MIDI Innovation Vault series, the deep dive into medical and scientific accelerators, incubator labs, and development communities, MIDI Medical Product Development CEO, Gregory Montalbano, speaks to Stephen Chambers and Julie Wolf from the development community, IndieBio, located in the heart of New York City. Stephen is Managing Director of IndieBio New York and oversees relationship building between founders, investors, mentors, and partners. Stephen was one of the founding scientists at Vertex Pharmaceuticals and went on to co-found Abpro Therapeutics, employing synthetic biology and immunology to accelerate antibody discovery and development. Recruited as CEO of Symbocyte, which is the Innovation and Knowledge Center for Synthetic Biology in the UK, he oversaw its synthetic biology innovation ecosystem with a record number of startups and fundraising in this sector. At the same time, Stephen co-founded Biostart, the UK's first life science accelerator. Stephen has a PhD in molecular biology and was recently awarded Royal Society Entrepreneur in Residence at Imperial College London. Also joining the MIDI Innovation Vault podcast is IndieBio's Chief Science Officer, Julie Wolf. Julie promotes breakthrough biotech applications and the founders who develop them. She develops community through curated content delivery as part of the IndieBio communication strategy. Prior to joining IndieBio, Julie built multi-partner communities around science education, entrepreneurship, and the application of science with members from nonprofits, academia, and startups. She also hosted the popular podcast, Meet the Microbiologist. Julie has a PhD in microbiology and 15 years experience in molecular biology field as a research scientist. She is passionate about making science accessible and relevant to everyone. On today's podcast, Stephen and Julie will be discussing in detail what IndieBioNY is all about. A deep dive will be taken into the inner workings of the IndieBio ecosystem. Together, Greg, Stephen, and Julie will discuss the methods of mentoring and support offered to the IndieBio entrepreneurial groups spanning medical, scientific, and biotechnology applications. Stephen and Julie will also discuss the various IndieBio partner networks that support their entrepreneurs, what IndieBio looks for in a startup, as well as how they can apply. Lastly, today's podcast discussion will also cover new innovative biotech and medtech initiatives and exciting breakthroughs that are expected on the horizon from the IndieBio entrepreneurial companies. So please stay tuned and enjoy. Welcome to the MIDI Innovation Vault podcast. My name is Gregory Montalbano, and I'm your host as well as the principal of MIDI Medical Product Development. On today's show, we have IndieBio New York's Executive Director, Stephen Chambers, as well as IndieBio's Chief Science Officer, Julie Wolf. Welcome, Stephen and Julie. Hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. So glad to be here. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you. So Julie and Stephen, could you please share with the listeners your background as well as your passion of taking early entrepreneurial groups, research and technology innovation and applying IndieBio support methods to de-risk, validate and grow an entrepreneurial idea? Sure, I'll, I'll go first, Julie. Um, so um, my background, I have a PhD in molecular biology. Um, I was going down kind of like the academic path. Um, I wasn't quite satisfied with that, um, that trajectory that I was taking. Um, and I always wanted to do startups, always, like it was quite a long time ago, but um, I always wanted to do startups. Uh, I'm from the UK actually, uh, and at that time there wasn't an option for doing uh, life science startups uh, in the UK. So I, I came to the US 
So I was very fortunate to be uh, one of the founding scientists at Vertex Pharmaceuticals, um, which, uh, um, you know, I've, I was there from like, like day one and it was, it was a great experience. I was there for 18 years, um, was on a number of drug discovery and development programs, uh, got two drugs uh, approved uh, by the FDA, which was uh, an amazing experience. Um, I then kind of got bored with that and then wanted to do another startup. Uh, and I did Abpro Therapeutics uh, again up in uh, uh, Massachusetts. Um, that was uh, more antibodies and proteins. Um, and uh, again, it was, it was a kind of different experience. It was, um, got to imagine that Vertex was a, a very VC driven um, experience. Um, uh, Abpro um, was basically started uh, during the banking crisis uh, and basically all my funding disappeared and uh, we had to grow the company one customer at a time. And so I had like these two experiences, both VC and a much more lean experience. Um, and uh, I, I worked at Abpro for some time and had a good exit from there. Um, and, uh, you know, you get addicted to this entrepreneurial thing. Uh, and I, you know, just kept on, uh, working with uh, startups, uh, and eventually it did lead me to uh, uh, IndieBio in New York and building the ecosystem here. Like all yours, Julie. Thanks, Steve. Um, so like Steve, I have a, a PhD. Mine is in uh, microbiology, but unlike Steve, my, my road to startup was maybe a little bit slower. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do as getting my PhD, um, and I started working with the American Society for Microbiology, where I saw the potential for a lot of the basic research that was being described in some of the journals there uh, to, to become the next technology. Uh, and so uh, one of the things that I did was to have a startup of my own. We, we were uh, trying to make an, a better type of E. coli. I'm really drawn to the world of synthetic biology and the ability to manipulate genomes and, and use DNA um, in, in novel ways. I uh, don't have quite the same success story that Steve has, but really got a taste of um, startup life and became passionate about helping others to create um, a world in which these, these novel technologies can you know, disrupt whatever the current conventional uh, and often um, archaic technologies are. That's great. You guys have an amazing background. So in this series, we're talking with accelerators incubation labs, and next step development communities like IndieBio. And as I've experienced, each organization has their own unique approach and value proposition when selecting, mentoring, and supporting their entrepreneurial companies. So the listeners and I are very interested in learning about IndieBio startup development ecosystem. So Stephen and Julie, could you describe to the listeners what IndieBio is all about as well as its supporting ecosystem? Well, we like to um, kind of think of ourselves that we, we help scientists become entrepreneurs. Um, like that's quite a trite kind of thing to kind of roll out. Um, but, you know, that is what we do. And you can kind of look at the companies where we've, um, who we've worked with. And we do kind of take very raw kind of academic scientists and take them out of their comfort zone and kind of bring them into this very entrepreneurial fog uh, and basically help them through the process of starting a company. Um, like it's um, one of the ways that we do help them is that we're probably the first institutional check that comes into these companies. 
we think of ourselves as the first check into companies. Um, and um, we provide resources, uh, not just cash, but also um, kind of resources in form of uh, lab space and equipment, uh, but also key mentorship as well, uh, and other assistances that uh, companies will need uh, in their entrepreneurial journey. We also help them. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to oh, jump on you there. No, um, go for okay. it, Julie. Yeah, we also help with um, helping the, the mindset to change, right? A lot of the academics who are coming out of, um, you know, some sort of um, academic institution or research institution, they don't, they aren't accustomed to the same, we could say, way of framing problems or the next steps, thinking about research projects as potential products and the milestones that one would need in order to get there. So a lot of the programmatic aspects of IndieBio that Steve was just mentioning help the now founders, the CEOs who have this strong academic background to understand the cadence and the language of biotech. That's great. And uh, when you're creating this environment where entrepreneurs can learn and apply IndieBio's entrepreneurial thinking and innovation for their process of growth, how do you set that up? What type of structures, mentoring, you know, various other uh, supportive applications to uh, move this, the scientist through to an entrepreneurial position? Um, well, we give the companies like all the resources that they need for starting a company, okay? So I've mentioned like before, like we, do, we do provide like a, a sizable chunk of uh, cash to the companies. We provide them with a lab space um, also uh, and with equipment uh, and a certain consumable budget. And what we're looking to do is de-risk both the business model and the technical challenges ahead that the companies have. So that's what we do within the program. So we give them all the resources that they will need um, as a startup to go forward. Excellent. So as I understand, IndieBio opened its stores in May of 2020. Uh, so I have a quick question. With all the East Coast locations you can choose from, for a new indie bio development community, what decision factors led you to choose New York? Well, the, the, the main decision that we had was that we were actually invited here by um, uh, New York State. So uh, our partners at uh, Empire State Development, um, uh, and we are part of, so the indie bio initiative is part of a, a larger uh, initiative that New York State is embarking on. Uh, around life sciences and growing the life science ecosystem, specifically in New York. Um, and so there was a, an invitation to come to New York and, um, uh, and we are working very closely with the state on it. But there's probably a not, you know, there's probably the best state in the, in, in the nation to sort of come to New York. Um, like we graduate like more doctorates and PhDs, life science doctorates and PhDs than any other state in the nation. Um, like a quarter of um, kind of all clinical trials go on in New York State. 60% um, of big pharma are either located uh, in New York or have the head offices uh, in New York. So it, it's, um, it's a very vibrant place uh, to set up. And plus there's a huge amount of VC money uh, in New York as well. I think we're third after uh, Massachusetts and Cambridge uh, and uh, California. Excellent. And you have a California location as well, correct? 
Yeah, so um, IndieBio has been going for just over five years now in, uh, in uh, California. So it's located in uh, San Francisco. So they've been running their program, I think it's probably over five years now, and they've been phenomenally successful. Um, and that was one of the reasons why that we, uh, that uh, IndieBio had the invite uh, to come to New York. And what New York basically wants is the, um, to replicate the success that IndieBio has had in San Francisco. Uh, and in California uh, and see if we can um, ignite um, uh, the early stage uh, life science activity here in New York. Great. And uh, so I believe there's a great value and significant importance in offering startups and early entrepreneurs a development community ecosystem that scales. So how does Indy Bio position itself for its entrepreneurial companies to fulfill the scalable role of fostered collaboration with other entities such as universities, industry, strategic partners, hospitals, healthcare and life science players, as well as venture partner network, such as uh, the groups that you group you work with? Um, well, there's, like, there's a lot to cover there. Like I think the, one of the things that we do with the companies is that we do take them out of that academic environment and you know uh, bring them into the entrepreneurial world where as Julie said like the, the cadence is totally different um, like we are investors in these companies so there is a mind kind of shift that goes on uh, once we start working with these companies and we do drive them very very hard to find you know how their technology can have an impact and more importantly how it can scale at the same time um, and so there are a number of introductions that we make and we do force the companies to go out and find out, you know, who's their customer, who, who's going to buy the product, really understand the kind of commercial world that they're going into. Um, and that's one of the greatest challenges that we have with the companies is finding, you know, who are those first customers that are going to help the, the companies grow. Uh, because that's what they need. They need partners to grow. Um, the partners can be obviously paying customers uh, are very important, but the other partners that they need are other partners to help them to realize their vision. Um, a lot of the um, therapeutic companies that we work with, they have very um, they have very key partnerships with a number of CROs. Um, a lot of them are based in, in New York as well. So there is a there is a network that we do provide for the companies um, to help them engage with uh, a larger commercial world to help them realize the, the opportunity that they present to us. Hmm. Excellent. To, to add on to that, I would say that IndieBio helps um, scale the community itself just through the, the periodicity or the, the frequency of our program. I, mm -hmm. I can't, I, I don't think we've mentioned um, just yet that we run this program twice a year for, for four months, uh, and each of those programs has 10 to 15 different startups across all of different uh, biotechnology sectors. And so that quite quickly, even in the year and a half that we've been here in uh, New York City, we've already had uh, nearly 30 companies go through our program, and that creates a, an alumni company or I'm sorry, and that creates an alumni community um, where founders can lean on one another because uh, as one is leaving IndieBio and, and going into the seed round and then eventually the Series A, 
the needs of the organization change, the needs of the startup change, uh, and who would you best lean on, but someone who's been through that same journey uh, in the previous six months. Absolutely. And your year and a half uh, inaugural uh, start was, uh, I'm sure, a difficult one with COVID and, and the fact that you've had so many successes and, and milestones reached during that is truly, you know, speaks to uh, IndieBio's uh, abilities. So let's switch gears and talk about bridging the gap between early R&D science technology and the demands of industry. And we, you kind of talked about that with regards to understanding end users and, and uh, other aspects. So what are some of your organization's best methods for optimizing and maintaining alignment between both sides? The sides being scientific R&D discovery and industry demands specifically during early stage or later stage biotech and medtech development. In essence, bridging that translational gap. So how do you help bridge that gap turning, as you said, a scientist into an entrepreneur? The, the translation out of academia is, um, is challenging, okay? Like you have um, a number of um, impediments along the way, shall we say. Um, and it, like a lot of it is cultural um, that, um, uh, like we use the word cadence a lot, but the, um, the speed at which um, you work um, within the commercial sector is, uh, and especially within the, the tech sector is, you know, is orders of magnitude greater than um, how you would normally perform your work uh, within a, an academic institution. Um, and there's, you know, like they don't, there's no prisoners taken. It's kind of like, this is serious stuff now. And I think that part of it is that when they come into um, IndieBio, they come in as companies. They come in as founders. Um, we treat them like they are our investments. Um, so the, there is a game change that goes on um, and we treat them, you know, seriously. Like this is a, you know, like, again, we're not messing about here. Like this, we are a VC company. Uh, we do have LPs that we've got to uh, have a return on investment to. So all of a sudden things, things change, okay? They come into the program and it's okay. Um, you've got the money. Uh, we're off to the races now. Uh, and so like just, um, like we do have a number of kind of, um, kind of programmable things that we do. Uh, we have uh, routine uh, kind of uh, weekly board meetings uh, with the companies. Uh, where they're held accountable on the progress that they've made. Uh, we have a number of kind of uh, kind of reporting structures. We have a kind of every Friday we have a, a meeting where they report on what they've done that week that has moved the business forward. Um, so there's a number of things where uh, pressure is applied um, to the companies, um, and they have the opportunity to report to us. So I think what happens within IndieBio is, you know, the the opportunity for companies to suddenly start growing, okay? We give them the ability, you know, all the resources that they need, uh, all the mentorship that they need to for allow them to, to actually start growing. Um, and the thing we keep on saying to the companies is, it's your company, it's your decision. And what we do is we force them to make decisions constantly um, throughout the program. And I would say on, on top of the um, growth opportunity, we try to get folks to, to change their mindset in terms of focus. 
because a lot of these founders, they do want to build great big companies. They want to, to you know, build the next unicorn and we're happy to support them. But you first have to focus on what your go-to-market product is, on what that MVP is. Um, or for example, in that, that Friday example that Steve just gave, uh, that is something where they should focus on their business milestones, not the technical milestones, which are still important, but a place that a lot of these academic founders kind of naturally gravitate. And we want to emphasize that there is a business being built um, and how do you how do you measure those metrics, not just whether you've moved your technical product forward? Well, that's it. Sounds like an excellent method, and and I always appreciate that in understanding the end user, the marketplace. So that as a scientist or early entrepreneur is moving their science forward, their R and D, they'll be able to have a better vision or more perspective to pivot. Uh, and still be successful. And sometimes scientists, you know, they have a hard time pivoting. Uh, but if they have the logic and the data of understanding the unmet needs or the end users, it's uh, definitely mitigates risk. So that, that sounds really ro robust uh, relative to your system. So is the IndieBio ecosystem and programs open to anyone? Yes, anyone, anyone can apply. Um, and um, and we do have a lot of people that do apply. Uh, we, uh, we want more people applying. Um, so uh, yes, the program is uh, open to uh, everyone. Um, like we run two cohorts a year. Um, and uh, so we take 10 companies on each cohort. Uh, we run it for four months. And um, yeah, we, um, we welcome. And, uh, you know, even if you're, you know, you don't have an opportunity or you don't, you know, your, your ideas aren't that um, kind of uh, concrete. Um, I would definitely recommend uh, folks getting in touch with us so they could just talk through ideas and what they're thinking. And so, you know, so we can engage with them as well. So, um, yeah, we're open to everybody. Excellent. So what is the typical makeup of the Indu bio entrepreneur? Are they from early research stage all the way through to potentially groups that are already funded? Um, it's a it's a mixed bunch, uh, I would say. I would say that the the majority of the folks that come to us are postdocs. Um, um, so they've normally gone through, um, you know, the, they've done a PhD, they're doing a postdoc. Uh, they've, typically, they've got some science that they're just totally passionate about. It could be something that they've worked on uh, in their PhD or the postdoc. Um, and there tends to be a, like this burning desire to make it real, uh, to get it into the marketplace, to, you know, they want to work on something bigger than themselves, something that's useful. Okay, that's what we hear a lot. Um, but we do see, um, you know, like lots of different, like we see companies that have um, maybe some early funding, uh, maybe uh, family and friends money has gone in. Um, like we only kind of take companies into um, the cohort. Um, so you have to be a company for us to, um, you know, take you on into the cohort. Um, but we do see, you know, occasionally we do see a number of highly successful companies that, um, you know, that are just graduates uh, have come, come in. Um, so we, it is a very diverse um, kind of like group of folks that we have coming in. Yeah, I was actually just looking at the numbers the other day, um, only for the, the New York cohort. I don't have full visibility on you know the, 
there's over, I think, 150 companies that have gone through both the San Francisco and New York cohorts or uh, programs. But uh, within our three cohorts that we've run so far, consistently we see about 70% of our companies of the startups that we work with coming directly from academia, as Steve just said, a lot of postdocs, occasionally a professor who wants to see his or her uh, research commercialized. Um, so it's, it, we add a lot of value, um, I, I would say across the board, but in particular to those folks who are coming from academia. Excellent. So I, Julie, I know you and I spoke about this uh, in prior discussions, but can you tell the listeners some examples of unique indie bio programs under development, which are considered industry hot topics or new technology applications, growth areas for med tech or biotech markets? Yeah, we, we do see a lot of applications. Um, as Steve mentioned, we, we talk with um, applicants and, and people who are trying to position themselves as successful applicants quite often. Uh, and we see a lot of what I would say the frontier of biotechnology is because of that. Um, in, in particular, I would say, um, I, I know that you've got a lot of folks in this med tech and biotech um, who are listening and, and we uh, see a lot of promise in really portable medical devices, those that are going to be able to um, service, not just um, with testing at the patient's bedside, but actually analyzing patient samples uh, at the patient's bedside and maybe even independent of uh, the need for some sort of clinical laboratory. Excellent. So how do you recommend these groups get started on their path to be part of IndieBio? Well, uh, as Steve mentioned, I, I think we're always happy to have an early call uh, if you think that you've got something that you want to either spin out um, into a company or you're just at the early stages, uh, just after incorporating, um, you know, and what you start to do is to, to look at the applications that you could have with that technology. Of course, any VC funded um, startup will have to have a very large potential market, right? That's one of the reasons why um, we take the bets that we do is because we see the potential for very large growth within our, uh, within the, the companies that we are investing in. But also we want to know what is your go-to-market strategy? Because that's where we're really going to have you interrogate your potential customers and say, okay, you're a, you are a scientist. You have a hypothesis that this is your best market to first go out with. But perhaps if we help you to become connected or consider other applications of that technology, perhaps there's an easier way, a different indication, a different approval process, um, a different, um, you know, consumer um, product that you could make with a related technology or a related application of your technology. Um, and so we uh, are happy to have those conversations early. And honestly, that's what uh, a lot of the be very beginning of the program is like, is we're making sure that what the companies are building is going to set them up for success. Excellent. So what's the IndieBio deal structure with its entrepreneurial group partners and what do they receive when becoming an IndieBio company? Um, okay, I'll go for that, Julie. Um, so we, like, as you can imagine, like we see very early stage companies. Um, and I want to stress, like we do see early stage companies. Like these are, um, you know, have a lot of issues with them. They're, they're far from perfect. Um, you know, they're not the, the complete deal by a, by a long shot. So it's very difficult to put a valuation on these companies. So like we almost like don't even bother. Okay, we just say, okay, 
uh, we'll give you a you know evaluation of three million, and we'll take a an eight percent uh, stake in the company. Um, for that, we give the companies uh, 250k. So that's kind of like our, our standard deal that we have. Um, we've got to, you know, we don't invest in solo founders. Um, we only invest in teams. Um, like this is this is not a, a, a game for solo founders. Um, like it's just too difficult. There's just too much work to do. So we, you know, we only invest in teams. Um, obviously, you know, uh, in life sciences, uh, we like IP, we like protected um, kind of uh, uh, elements uh, in the company as well. Um, like the, the IP doesn't have to be completely resolved, but we have to have like some, some route to, um, you know, having uh, IP around the company. Um, and, and that's the basic deal that we have. We have another fund that we're able to also invest in the companies. So after about a month, uh, when we've had a good look at the companies and, uh, you know, start to understand, um, you know, more about them. Uh, we also have the opportunity to put another 250 into the companies as well, um, uh, raising the cap to, I think, about 4.5 million. Um, and that's called the Genesis Fund. So we, um, we have a number of kind of like vehicles for uh, kind of putting more and more money into the companies. We also have a therapeutic tract. You can imagine therapeutic companies they require a lot more money. Uh, so we also have a therapeutic tract that uh, involves us putting in over 2 million into these companies. Um, I, I think there's probably one thing to say about the deal that we have and how we're distinguished probably from other accelerators is that we are able to follow on with our investment as well. So it's not like we put some money in the company, we're kind of with you for four months and then we can like throw you out in the streets. No, we also follow on. Uh, with our funding as well. So the companies that outperform in the program, we then follow on with our investment, uh, you know, all the way through. Uh, some companies, you know, we go all the way through to IPO and uh, kind of uh, uh, multiple series uh, raises. And in exchange for that, um, of course, they, they, all the companies receive their capital that, that they need. Biotech requires a lot of money in order to move forward. Um, uh, the program, and uh, as Steve just mentioned, the, the relationship doesn't end after the program, um, as well as rent-free lab space. And I, I think that um, many of your listeners, at, at least in the Northeast, would appreciate um, free rent for a lab space in New York City is, is not a cheap thing. Um, no. So uh, in addition to having all the equipment that, that one might need in terms of uh, you know, molecular biology, immunology, food tech, material science, uh, the, the capabilities of our lab and what we're able to provide for people to move forward uh, is really unique and one of the unique value adds of our, of our program, I think. Well, that's great. You have a lot of competitive differentiation in what you offer these entrepreneurs. So Stephen and Julie, thank you for sharing your thoughts and your experience with myself and the MIDI Innovation Vault podcast listeners. We truly appreciate the time you spent with us. And with a minute we have left, if a healthcare or life science company wanted to be considered, what's the best way to reach out to you or to the Indie Bio New York team? Well, pretty straightforward. I would say um, email is uh, always an easy way um, to find us. Uh, 
Steve and I are both at first name, last name. So julie.wolf at sosv.com. But of course, you can also find a lot more information at our website, um, which is indiebio.co. Um, there's an application process there as well if you want to more formally go through it. But also you can find out more about the, the companies that we've worked with across um, all of the different sectors of biotechnology. So it's probably the best way, rather than going through the application, just get in touch with us and um, you know, let's start the conversation. Um, I think that's probably, you know, before you have to go through and do the application or anything like, you know, please uh, reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Excellent. So very good. And again, if any MIDI Innovation Vault podcast listeners have any questions about this episode, you can email us directly at innovation at midipd.com and we'll reach out to you. So with the last seconds left, what golden nugget of wisdom would you like to pass on to entrepreneurial startups during their early stage of research, planning, and growth? Well, okay, I'll have a go at that. So, I, you know, like, please come to IndieBio. Check out IndieBio. Um, <laughs> That's you know, Started, go faster, go better, get funded. Okay. Absolutely. Excellent. And with that said, I want to thank our guests, Stephen Chambers and Julie Wolf of IndieBio New York for joining us on the podcast today. And again, thank you both for sharing your experience your expertise and your knowledge. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Just a reminder to our MIDI Innovation Vault podcast listeners to please tune in to our next podcast, episode four of the series. In episode four, I will have as my guest, MedTech Innovators founder and CEO, Paul Grant. Paul and I will discuss methods and resources as applied to supporting, mentoring, de-risking, and validating MedTech Innovators entrepreneurial members' applications to improve the lives of patients, accelerate growth, and transform our healthcare system. We'll catch you next time. You have been listening to Episode 3 of MIDI's Innovation Vault series on the deep dive into medical and scientific accelerators, incubators, labs, and development communities with host and principal of MIDI Medical Product Development, Gregory Montalbano. If you have any questions or comments on today's podcast or would like to schedule a complimentary consultation with Greg about your business, you can reach him by phone at 1-631-467-8686 or email at innovation at midipd.com. That's M-I-D-I-P-D.com. If you enjoyed this podcast content, please follow MIDI on social media, or if you would like to download informative industry-related white papers and supporting material, visit MIDI's website at www.midipd.com. That's M-I-D-I-P-D dot com. <laughs>